Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and on today's show, we are talking about Based on a True Story, which is a Peacock original, and our guest is Natalie Katona. And honestly, this discussion is a little unhinged, but that's kind of the era we're in right now, because I don't know if you've noticed, but the world is a dumpster fire. And now, here we go to the show. Friends, Natalie Katona is here and you love it when she's here because you love this duo. And she is back because we were talking about based on a true story, Starling, 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 Starling. Starling, Kaylee Cuoco, and Chris Messina. And welcome back, Natalie. Because, you know, we never talk or see each other. (laughs) Ever. We haven't horrendously neglected to put one another on each other's podcast because of Still Comfy or anything. I was like, when's the last time I was on Pop Culture? And when was the last time Jules was on Tolerated? I don't know. We do a thing every Tuesday. We do a thing every Tuesday. And people who aren't tuning in are seriously missing out because, damn it, we're funny and smart. We're funny. And I haven't even been able to do my bits about the men in the submarine. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> a moment of silence for white male arrogance everywhere. is it in poor taste to tell people to go listen to our titanic episode on on twitter (laughs) oh i really wanted to do that compilation of clips and then i was like oh now they're imploded that's such bad timing for me there was only one that i found where you blatantly said the audacity of white billionaires and that's the one i loaded for you Fucking white billionaires. I know. It's crazy. <sighs> but let's uh let's remind our audience what based on the true story is about. And you guys, you listen to the show regularly, you know that I pull that shit from Google because we all Google, because apparently Google is everything. Between endless bills, midlife marriage squabbles, a new pregnancy, and mounting work pressures. Ava and her husband, Nathan, feel like they're watching their lives fall apart. Ava's passion is true crime. So when she realizes that the plumber turned family friend, Matt, is the serial killer behind a string of unsolved murders in LA, she spots an opportunity. Ava and Nathan blackmail Matt into co-creating a podcast about his, air quotes, work. But they quickly realize that collaborating with a killer won't be a cakewalk. Did you think that that, like, when you turned on, based on a true story, did you think that they would be in cahoots with the killer? No, but I also thought it was very flimsy logic to think that because he wears blue booties in their house and they found a blue booty at a crime scene that immediately he was the killer. Yeah. But I honestly thought that they were just going to be like two bored people who are like, what if we Agatha Christie'd 
and solved the serial killer thing and they would be hunting him not in cahoots with him right right and then and two i was like but how is this different from only murders in the building who also start a podcast about murders because selena gomez wasn't the murderer right the new york times actually felt like this show falls short they in terms of like what they could do so if you haven't seen it fair warning (laughs) as we've mentioned there's gonna be a lot of spoilers in this episode about this show based on a true story is only eight episodes and i actually take issue with that because it is too short for how much they put into each episode they just ended it and i was like what do you mean that's the end there was no resolution there was not even like i guess there was a twist because then like the friend's husband was like wait did you kill my wife and then it ended and i was like that's where we're ending i don't even feel like that was a t- to me this feels like a mid-season break you yeah. know how we used to have this because because the minute so so kaylee cuoco is ava chris messina is her husband nathan and the and this Google description is pretty accurate. Like there, he's he's a down on his luck, um, former tennis pro. Yeah, he beat Olympian. Yeah, like he beat some famous tennis person. That if you know tennis, like all of that will be interesting to you. Um, and so like, right? Like I, uh, if you uh, are a person who follows tennis, I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> basically what you just said (laughs) well i couldn't remember who his like big match was against and i didn't want to go back i didn't want to go back and watch that episode to like get it again but i will say this and so kaylee cuoco's character so ava has these friends and they're all wealthy like these people are disgustingly wealthy and like one in particular her husband is like generationally wealthy like the grotesquely gorgeous home they live in was a gift Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. this house is like 20 million dollars easy easily in la because they're in la and the it's a west it's the west la i think is like the west side he's got some like swanky name the west side killer or something like that i don't know the plumber Um, yeah the serial killer does yeah and so like one of her friends so when they come into cahoots with each other they have these burner phones that they're using well kaylee cuoco was pregnant at the time of filming the show so she asked them to write it into the show which is why her character is pregnant which i actually kind of fucking loved yeah i'm not mad at that but the minute she loses that burner phone and her friend finds it, it's like, oh, you're dead. We all know you're dying now. <laughs> yeah. We right? can't kill the pregnant lady. <laughs> you're not going to kill the pregnant lady. This friend is having, like, admittedly having an affair and she's like, hates her husband and she's like desperate for something. So, like, clearly she's dying. But that's how the that's how the show ends. They're just like, oh, we like the serial killer murdered her too because she's you know this link to all the things that could ruin what they're doing, and then the husband comes home and you're just like, that's not. Well, I, the, I, well this happened. Yeah, like whose blood is that? That's literally what he says. Like whose blood is that? But the reason why I wanted you to be on here to talk about it is because I really found the plumber to be like, to me, he would like represented misogyny as a whole. 
yeah in, in a way and then i also felt like there's an overwhelming obsession in this country about murder mm -hmm. and murder podcasts and that's what these people do so like right like they sit they create a podcast to talk to him specifically and then he lets it go to his head and he's like people love me <laughs> this is amazing i'm men, so good as always men cannot handle getting interesting yesterday i was a plumber today a podcast star and it's be, anonymous and it's anonymous it hasn't even he was he was over the moon excited with himself and his journey and his claim to fame before they even edited the first episode correct yeah and he hated their cut so he went in and recut his own and he was like this is better listen to it and tell me it's not better i added i contacted someone else for intro and outro music but like don't even worry about it like the arrogance of white men right yeah yeah we always talk about the arrogance of white men <laughs> the arrogance of white men they can't handle being interesting they can't handle one day being a no person someone that no one knows yeah and then the next day being like what if five more people know about me it it literally just goes to their heads we see it all the time insecure men can't all of a sudden feel a little bit secure without like hitting someone killing someone we'll figure out i guess eventually why he kills people Assuming they bring it back for season two, because, you know, streamers aren't good. At That's what I was like, Peacock, this is bold as fuck uh -huh. on the heels of Scandival. You then just give me like a murder show, Nambly. And I'm like, sure. I like that. Kaylee Coo Quoco. 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 <laughs> yeah. I like the flight attendant. Uh, the flight attendant's so good. It's so good. And then it's like eight episodes and we're going to tell you nothing. <laughs> Essentially, what? it's literally all build up. That's all it uh -huh. is. Like, and then, and then the end. The way it ends, it's like this isn't an ending. This isn't. Mm -hmm. This is not where you end a season. Like this is. You guys did not do a cliffhanger right. You basically ended the episode and then didn't give us an episode nine. Mm -hmm. But okay, one of the things I DM'd you about when we were talking about this was, I think that the show's creator is clearly satirizing the murder obsession our country has google agrees with you did they call I, it a satire is that what i read yeah i well no that's what i read earlier today when i was oh, looking okay. at the new york times and my arch nemesis Ro roger ebert had <laughs> opinions that i didn't read and you looked at roger ebert i We're didn't like, i accidentally clicked a link and oh, i was okay. like not you not <laughs> you're not you. the one i wanted <laughs> but no i think it was supposed to hit as a satire i think i as we know i think satire is dead because none of us can handle it anymore uh-huh uh -huh. so it doesn't punch hard enough to be satire it's not best in show it's not right. drop dead gorgeous it's these people are so kooky because they love murder. We're at a convention. <laughs> yeah, it was like they really, really were like, we want to make a statement about our country's obsession with murder and making money off of murder of mm -hmm. someone else's murder. Because like, 
you know, word on the street is Ryan Murphy is going to hold do a, do a whole murder franchise now. Like he's got a Mendez brother uh, series in the works or some shit like that. I will watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I hope we're bringing back. What was the one where they did Gypsy Rose and her mother? Um, the, the um. Oh, I started my period yesterday, so my brain's a little wonky. I loved it. And they were supposed to do another crime along that, like, the act. Yeah, the act. So they were going to do a whole anthology series about... Didn't Patricia Arquette win an award for that? I'm pretty sure. And if she didn't, it's stupid if she didn't. Right? It's Patricia Arquette, right? It is. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So they were going to do an entire series of these murders where people had like basically pulled off some sort of con and mm-hmm. then it led to someone getting murdered. Mm-hmm. And back when I was a person who consumed my favorite murder every day, I would tell people that the Gypsy Rose murder is my favorite murder. It's a perfect story. It is wild to me that you have a favorite murder. Okay, well, it's my favorite, and it's a perfect story, and in some places, maybe a hero's journey. <gasps> Interesting. Do you not, do you not know the background of the Gypsy Rose story? Well, when the act came out, I did, and now yeah. we've had so much stuff happen since then that I'm like so much gonna, murder. Yeah, you're gonna have to refresh my memory. So, Dee Dee. I hope I'm that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty Gypsy, sure that's right. Yeah. Gypsy Rose's mother mm-hmm. had Munchausen's by proxy. Right. And she used to make Gypsy sick right. and basically get her to the point where she couldn't walk. Right. Throw her in a wheelchair, right. put her in some ridiculous wig, and then like towed her around Disney World, basically getting like free handouts on the fact yeah. that like she was stunting this girl's growth. Yeah. And then that girl hit puberty. And she met some boy on the internet and she's like, what if I'm a girl who fucks now? And she fucked him in a movie theater. And then she was like, let's kill my mom. And honestly, (laughs) I was like, how else is that going to play out? Right. So it is my favorite. The the Selena episode of My Favorite Murder still makes me cry because the movie didn't cover nearly as much of the context. Dang. Which leads us into when these people go to CrimeCon, mm-hmm. she literally runs into somebody who also has the same favorite murder as she, a- she being Ava. Yeah. So, like, that's a real thing. Like, you're not an outlier. Like, people have favorite murders. There's a whole podcast called My Favorite Murder. It was, in fact, the first podcast I ever listened to. The reason remember- why... I remember this podcast because I, so I didn't realize it was a crime, true crime podcast because some of the people that I knew that listened to it don't even dabble with true crime at all. So it was just, I just assumed it was like a comedy podcast. So it is, it's a comedy podcast that also discusses murder. Oh, Jesus. And by two, um, comedy writers georgia and karen i am I was, so late to this game as you know i curate a world of rom-coms and light drama because right. the pandemic made me stop listening to it i was like i actually can't be alone in this house every day and also listening to brutal murders Correct. And, then, and then laughing about morons three seconds later right 
it's a podcast. It's still going on. People loved it. I went to it live. It was the first podcast I ever listened to. I listened to it because a friend needed someone to go to the live show with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We went as a group. I fell in love with them. They're very funny ladies. And I listened every day while I did my bullshit work in my bullshit office. Oh. And, and look at me now. Now I'm a podcast star, just like that serial killer on Peacock. <laughs> right. So do you think that the sisters on the show that are played by June, Raphael, yes. Diane, that they're based on the My Favorite Murder girls? Yes, they are direct. I believe when, so when June, Diane and her friend, Jessica, oh, what's her friend's name? Jessica St. Clair? Yep, you're right. Absolutely. Jessica St. Clair, go ahead. They have an amazing podcast, too. But when I I am in love with June Diane. Yeah, she's fantastic. But those two sisters, June Diane and Jessica St. Clair, when I watched the first episode and they popped up, I went, oh, my favorite murder parody. I figured they were parodying somebody. For people who haven't seen the show yet, they're the Lipinski sisters. And, like, they're making a big deal at the crime con and they have this big reveal so 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 ava and nathan and matt are essentially like this is our competition because look at how much money they've made off of reporting on crime and on murders and so like we have to be as big as them so they go for quote research to crime con well while they're at crime con they discover that they have that the lipinski sisters have this huge twist that twist being the most recent murdered girl's mother yeah and and a survivor oh the fake survivor when he tried to be like she's a fake survivor i'm like i'm into that though if she is in fact a fake survivor wrote a fucking book is on this podcast or whatever i go that is also just like one point into like how fucked we get about this correct correct and when he confronts her so I okay so my theory is is he isn't actually the murderer. My theory is is that he's just some guy who gets off on whatever he's getting off on and they made this loose assumption that because he wears blue booties in their house he must be the murderer because anyone who's ever had any work done in their house by anybody who's in a trade they fucking wear blue booties in your house because they wade in nasty shit. So they don't want to bring that into your home. Like yeah. that's, I can't tell you, like the HVAC guy is always like, I know, I'm so sorry. I have to come into your house. I'm putting on the booties. Like just show me the way and I won't have to like, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, so that's a, that's a, that's a weak theory, Kaylee. Come on, Ava. <laughs> but I understand you needed something to kick off the show. Right. Cause they're going broke. Correct. Because it's a scary thing in the right. current culture we live in. Because Mr. Tennis Pro, the former Olympian or whatever. Whatever, yeah. He's Hottie Christmasina. Hottie Christmasina. I do love a grumpy Christmasina. <laughs> and he's he's actually kind of fucking hot in this show. Like I, I Gray is good on him. I love a grumpy Christmasina, and I always have. Yeah. But he he's an injured pro tennis player which is why he's giving lessons instead of playing the circuit i don't right. know and and so 
they demote him because someone hotter is giving lessons and they're like it turns out that all of the trophy wives who wanted lessons from you now want to look at that that shirtless dude that gives them cocktails while they're playing and i was like yeah chris they're he's more fun <laughs> yeah i was like you know what i was watching queen charlotte the other day and i was like god damn it george is fucking hot and then i looked him up and saw what year he was born and i thought i'm a pervert well he was born in he's like tw he was born in like 95 or 6 or some shit like that but the and so i was we're at least we're a solid decade at minimum apart but it yeah. still had a moment of like i'm an old lady thinking this child is hot well and that's between you and your god i thought that you were going to tell me that king george and the tennis dude with cocktails were the same person and i was gonna have to break it to you that i never clocked it oh that no, man yeah it's totally different kid because i don't perceive men i was yeah. like oh look a man with an ab like <laughs> just one ab just the one ab so they he gets demoted and kaylee ava she can't sell a house to save her life because she desperately just wants to be blowing her client because of pregnancy hormones listen that client okay i know you don't perceive men but that client is fucking hot and the one that i think is the actual killer because the oh. whole time she's showing him this house i was like how fucking easy would it be for a really gross heinous person to schedule a home tour mm -hmm. as a prospective buyer because you're a prospective buyer they don't do any kind of checking on you for that right right and then you just like show up and fucking murder the shit out of a real estate agent yeah i think that's why my mom was talked out of real estate she got her license mm -hmm. she did like a couple of open houses and then i think someone was like murderers and she's like mm, that's correct like the whole time i was like please don't murder a pregnant woman we cannot be these people this cannot be where our country is at the moment like in a satire in a satirical <laughs> comedy peacock i need you to calm down correct um my favorite part of the entire show is when ava assumes that her and the hot client are on the same page <laughs> about wanting to be about wanting to bang and she's like let's just get it out in the open and he's like i'm sorry what yeah. and i was like no ava <laughs> she's like let's rip off our clothes but also let's talk about it being inappropriate and he's yeah. like i what <laughs> right that, that was, was a really good part and also like i feel like really because a lot of times we see women with zero sex sex drive on television right like mm -hmm. that's why samantha jones was such a huge like mind blow because it's like women we often see women like ugh, my husband tried to touch me gross which can be true but also there's a subsect of women who are very sexual and um as a person who's been pregnant i can confirm there is a period during pregnancy where you're just like i am very very horny no i get it i get what? it I thought that the client was an asshole from the jump because he's very combatant. Yeah. Like she says something and he's like, oh, so you're just the one that they give the like pity houses to. Which turns out to be accurate. Which does turn out to be accurate. 
which stains but i was like mm-hmm. well you're the guy who can't get a better real estate agent so aren't we both fucking morons we're in the same boat you dipshit dipshit i did really like how the show makes you think that the the daydream they're having is real mm-hmm. i liked that element a lot yeah because they were all very realistic i was like i do believe that ava's friend would come over and be like Christmasina put me on your podcast and he'd be like no 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 and she's like what if your dick's in my mouth mm-hmm. and then he would be swayed and she would walk in and be like are you fucking kidding me like i believed it right yeah. up until that woman disappeared correct <laughs> same same every single every single dream scene same it was like oh that's not what you could have kept going and i would have bought it yeah because it's a cast full of terrible characters Mm -hmm. like none of these people are good people which i don't know if that's like part of it i know that like at some point during the the pandemic the tide started to turn on true crime where we're where we were like are we okay (laughs) and is this something that we should like be making mugs of people's mug shots because it's like mug on mug right (laughs) But, and so, like, people started really bringing into questioning, like, whether or not people should be, quote, unquote, fans of true crime who Mm -hmm. love murder and have their favorite murder story. I don't know where I fit on that anymore. I'm really on, like, I loved Abducted in Plain Sight. That was wackadoo. You know Someone should have live streamed me watching that, screaming at the television. I do think that this is one of the most impartial, honest ways to call out flaws in the systems. And at what point did we leave, like, let victims down and now they're dead? Ooh, I like that take. So when you're a murder podcast focusing on, like, I can pinpoint how many times this woman went to her local sheriff's Mm -hmm. office when got a private investigator, took out a restraining order, this, that, and the other, was literally fighting for her life mm-hmm. to get this man away from her, mm-hmm. and he, and now she's dead, then I'm like, yes, this is all part of the cause. Women are being murdered at alarming rates. Women of color, indigenous women, trans women murdered at yeah. Yeah. ridiculous rates. And I will say that those podcasts, I think they class it up a little bit when it comes to the merch. Like I always appreciated that my favorite murderer would only put their faces on their merch and they're like stupid catchphrases. So like sure. stay sexy, don't get murdered. Yeah. Um, there are others I haven't listened in years. So I appreciate that. Like sell merch for your podcast. Podcast is a, podcasting is a, a job. Mm-hmm. Like people should get paid to do it. When, when they go to that crime convention i'm like i could never just walking around being handed a pencil with like wayne gacy on it no that was (laughs) wild to me and then i was like do i want to google if this is a real thing because do i really want to know and like what will pop up on google if i google it (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's it's real i'm pretty sure that i mean georgia and Karen from My Favorite Murder used to be the headliners for it a bunch of times. Dang. I don't know if it travels. The last time I was aware of it, I feel like it was in the South. I feel like I thought I could get there. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Interesting. 
so back so i want to go back to like the crime con and um homie being like there was no survivor how could there be a survivor i don't leave survivors even in that interaction when he like confronts her about it like i think like yeah i feel like yes it's him calling her bluff but i feel like he's again because i don't think he's the murderer (laughs) do you think he killed her though the survivor or do you think he just gaslit her until she jumped off a building I think because that's how I took it that he yeah. literally got in her head and then yes. she leapt off the building. That's what I think as well, because I think that she might have been in a similar situation like Ava and Nathan, where it's money's tight. I got to do something because capitalism in our country is so cruel. Mm-hmm. The survival rate in this country just doesn't feel like it's good. Mm-mm. because so many people are so dis- is so in distress because of variables outside of their control so i mean look at that guy that was on oprah who said he was in prison for all those years sold a best-selling novel got on oprah and it was all a fucking lie right so like in my mind i'm with you i'm aligned with you like he was able to find a crack because when she said i would be able to pick him out anywhere i was like no ma'am you can't because trauma (laughs) because trauma i can't i couldn't close my eyes and tell you what some of my ex-boyfriends looked like because trauma (laughs) you know so i was like so this is why i think it's not him and why he is such a representation of misogyny because he's like i can get away with anything i'm not murdering but I'm going to make people think I am. And I can right. get away with that too. Well, like it, some, so go ahead. No one can just be chill about something, right? right. Like, Hey, we're going to do an eight part series of you murdering people throughout LA. And then we're going to call it a day. He's like, not. Nah. And their one stipulation was while we are producing the podcast, you cannot murder. And he's like, where's the longevity in that? Which is a great marketing point. <laughs> like, yeah and he keeps envisioning murdering people too so i think they work really hard to convince you he is the murderer but you have more thoughts go ahead so then so he can't be chill about anything so then the season also kind of ends with him gathering other serial killers on a no camera video call and just being like what if we did a season where you got to take tell your take meanwhile he's ignoring the fact that the reviews are in twitter has spoken no one wanted this right which i don't think is true i don't think that that's how the public would take it i agree and because netflix put out the um that stupid good-looking man that zach afron played dahmer Yes, they put out the Dahmer tapes and people were glued to them. That's all people could talk about. Like, did you listen to the Dahmer tapes? No, I didn't mm-hmm. listen to the Dahmer tapes. What is he going to tell me? I don't already know. Dahmer or Bundy? Oh, I think it was the Ted Bundy tapes. I think they put out both. I, I don't know. We have like a new Ted Bundy and a Dahmer thing every six months. Well, what's interesting too is with the Lipinski sisters they bring the mom on and then that was gut-wrenching mm-hmm. 
with the most recent Dahmer story that Ryan Murphy did, um, the families were like, I'm going to turn my camera off real quick because I keep seeing a lag. The families were like, uh, nobody asked if we were okay with this. Oh, Ryan Murphy didn't ask permission to do exactly what he wanted to do. That's weird. Right? So, like, that's the other side of it for me. It's like you're digging up the most horrific event in someone's life, mm -hmm. forgetting. For, for fodder. For fodder, forgetting there's a ripple effect to that event. I can't imagine being the mother of one of the victims and then being asked to be paraded about. No. And I think what's fucked about their podcast and, like, trolling out the mom onto stage to be like, look, she's still devastated. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you think? Um, is that their entire season is going to be that dude. So Serial also... Um, so you have your podcast where they pick one murderer mm -hmm. and they trail his entire murder career up until trials and discoveries and all of it. And then you have your one-offs where like, today I'm gonna be talking about the Black Dahlia and you're like, I can't get enough about Black Dahlia. What if you say something that they didn't say? Sure. Because there is like, you know, the legacy murders. Mm -hmm. Like, so I am a bigger fan of involving people who are okay about talking because my favorite murder will like rope in people who have like talked who have like Patton Oswalt went to one of their book signings because of his uh former wife mm -hmm. Michelle McNamara she wrote that book about the um the East Area Rapist he has a bunch of names that's the one I always hang on to um so she wrote a huge book which I listened to because I'm sick <laughs> and Patton Walt Oswalt came and like did the foreword of their book and like talked at one of their book club so i'm like okay if people are doing this with consent but if you're going to someone's house in alabama finding someone's sister or mother and be like do you need 550 grand mm -hmm. yeah everyone in this country needs 50 grand except for those dudes who are at the bottom of the sea ding ding, <laughs> ding, ding. so it's very predatory and i feel like that was a really good highlight because you literally do just like sit them on the stage and go are you still sad and then they nod dazed <laughs> and then all those people want to tell you how sorry they are but how much they love the coverage of your daughter's murder right and then to contrast that with when kaylee when ava's in the bathroom and the mom comes out of the stall washes her hands asks her do you know what you're having and she's like no we're just going to be surprised or whatever it was essentially mm -hmm. they don't know if they're having a boy and she and she's i hope you have a daughter oh. and it just leaves and you're just like how the fuck am i supposed to feel about that how am i supposed to take that you want me to have a baby that's going to be in danger every day of her life because your baby was in danger every day of her life up until she was brutally killed yikes aroni yikes aroni i did message mario and i was like how dare you not warn me about the first few scenes and the noises oh yeah there's i mean honestly like for a comedy it does hit very gory well but she doesn't really talk she either. sure doesn't she like right 
maybe one word one line here so you really don't get a sense of what this serial killer's type is other than young girls young women because they're all over 18 i think they're all over 21 right they're not all brunette i don't think like i don't think that they've like hit on his like niche which <laughs> like his he, little kink which, which you know i'm gonna call him fake murderer reveals later that he's like you guys i have to murder like it's just a thing like i need to murder and i'm like do you yeah are, are you sure also big reveal he has like a young kid uh-huh and he's a single dad so uh -huh. the women go wild and i'm like you can't trust fucking nobody <laughs> i also loved well, I don't know if I loved it as in I appreciate this this technique or if I loved it because I hate the way sometimes men see women. So the person who Nathan works with at the um, country club who's like, Nathan, we're demoting you for this 24-year-old because he's hot and that's what all the moms want, which is confirmed by all of Ava's friends who are rich and trophy wives. Um, and, you know, he, uh, murder guy is there and she meets him and they're and he's like flirty because he is good looking and he's mm -hmm. you know got this charm about him whatever and she's like do you vouch for him and and nathan's like absolutely not like i barely know the guy like he's my plumber um and she's like oh okay and then later on they do have like a date because their kids get along mm -hmm. that's where the single that's where the kid thing is handy to know and they go on a date it makes nathan very uncomfortable they they show up at an event together and then later on she's like uh your friend that you vouched for that you put up to date me is like no he told me i was a dead end and like dumped me i'm mad at you and nathan's like <laughs> what because that's on the heels of him tell if matt telling Ava and Nathan that he needs to murder. He needs to murder because he needs fresh new content for the podcast. Right. He has to murder. He has like a, a tick that needs to be talked. Like right. right. But I, I thought that was so like like how he's like, I absolutely do not. This is a this is a plumber. I don't know him very well. And then three episodes later, she's like, the friend you told me to date was a weirdo. And you're like, how did you how did we get there? <laughs> Honestly, like, do you think that you can sit down with your murder coworker and be like, hey, boundaries, I can't watch what you're doing at all times, but maybe don't date anyone I know because then I'm going to feel responsible if you murder them. Uh-huh. Like, just a healthy conversation on, like, relationship workplace boundaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and I will say... The fact that those two, Ava and Nick, who are just like over in over their head and manic the entire time, thought that they were going to have the upper hand mm -hmm. against a serial killer. I was like, people will be so arrogant. Agreed. And again, I go back to the season wasn't long enough because mm -hmm. they did. They told they gave they packed each episode wasn't paced in a way where by the time you got to episode eight, you felt like it was the end of the season. Also, there was enough to bring you back for season two. This was, we are cutting it off at the legs and hope to get a season two. 
Do you think they're trying to time travelers wife us and trick us into a season two by just being like, uh-huh. we just ended it. What now? Well, ask that moron Moffat how that worked out for him. <laughs> and Moffat wasn't on the edge of a writer strike. We are straight up in the middle of a writer strike, possibly soon to be a actor strike if they can't come to an agreement by June 30th. Yeah. So it's really bold to just kind of be like, meh. Yeah. Here, we'll just cut it. We'll just cut it. Because we we learned throughout the series that the podcast isn't doing that great. It's got two which they're like, it's not doing that great. And it's like you have 230 downloads on your first episode. No, that's good. <laughs> like yeah. for an independent podcast who literally has no clout, you did good. Um but so at CrimeCon, um, our f- good friend Booty Matt is like, I'm going to set up a live episode and tweet out for everyone to come to this ballroom so we can talk to them. And that's where he kind of is like, hey, this is a thing, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, what the shit is happening? This is so fascinating. It does end up blowing up and becoming mm-hmm. a big deal. And there's conversations about like, partnering with um you know selling the podcast for like 20 million dollars so everyone's like finally money yay and then who was it that tweeted jessica alba jessica there were several of them one of them was jessica alba um we're better than this america was like this is gross kanye spoke in their defense he was like i fucking love this podcast and they're like it's not good that kanye is on our side Yeezy cannot be on our side. <laughs> I did. I did think that was a nice touch. <laughs> so they did a couple. I'm not going to remember them all, but I do yeah. remember Jessica Alba and Kanye. And honestly, but it does like broach the like question that I think comedians have been up mm-hmm. against for the longest time where it's like, well, how far is too far for the laugh? Well, how far is too far for the inside scoop on the crime we all love true crime we all wanted to hear what stupid ted bundy or jeffrey dahmer or all of them had to say on their stupid little interviews with the mind hunter dudes mm-hmm. we all wanted jonathan groff to stop being in little shop of horrors so we could have a third season of mind hunter like <laughs> these were things we wanted <laughs> right right well not me but everyone else yeah And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, I would love to see like a cultural anthropologist or somebody who studies human behavior look and and it's hard to do do this without also having to look at the take the consideration of social media. But there's so many things that happen for clout on social. Mm -hmm. And who was it? One of these people who committed committed a heinous crime and like a shooting spree literally went live on facebook to do it yeah fucking bull- uh, the mania that you have to be under yeah and then you know face this was before facebook was meta by the way um so then it and i was working for the government at the time so it turned into this whole conversation in my marketers group because it was like how like what's the culpability of this um is is and then because there's um it was a government group so there's like people from all forms of government there 
I don't remember the conversation, but what my takeaway was is like, wh what is happening? Cause does this qualify as glorification? Do these pot, like, I liked your point about, you know, when you do it in a way where everyone's involved and there's consent versus doing it just to make money, which is what these people are doing and based on a true story. Yeah. I'm also for you not involving the families at all, Wikipedia something and reading that on your podcast and like giving your take and being like, fuck that dude. And here mm -hmm. were the red flags and like, fuck the prosecutor for not doing due diligence to the blah, 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 blah. I'm also all for that. It's just, it's when it's usually when your shit is just being created to be your money maker mm -hmm. that is when your shit is usually bad and actually nothing that people are going to want and they're going to tell you that you're tacky and that's literally what happens in based in a true story mm -hmm. and then they have that conversation around the table I know. with them all there about it and her sister is like I think it's in poor taste. I think it's disgusting. This is awful. And I was like, oh my God, don't murder the sister now. No, he's fucking her. <laughs> That's one of the reveals. That's one of the reveals. I tried to determine where I would fall on the would I listen to it like spectrum because mm -hmm. then it's like, because then it becomes the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing where it's like, well, I can't escape it. So I guess I'm turning vanderpump rules back on for the first time in five years yeah. because scandal is the only thing that people want to talk about i don't want to be left out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i guess i'm going to the eras tour because i don't want to be left out like yeah. you know we're pack animals at heart so i was like would i listen to it just a to see if they were doing a good job mm -hmm. b see what the spin was gonna be because like they keep telling each other that at the end of it all, once they make their money, they're turning him in. And I'm like, right. oh, okay, he's going to kill you and take all of the money. That's literally what I thought too. <laughs> like, That's literally oh. what I thought too. I mean, like, I don't think he's the murderer, but I was like, you're comp you're making a deal with somebody who appears to have some kind of weird impulse control. Um, and it's like, very 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 frustrating because he is getting off on the fact that you guys want to have a podcast with him but i don't think he's the murderer by the way you could have done something mind of a murderer and have it be a fictional podcast like we have fictional narrative podcast where right. it's like it could have been um the murder version of war of the worlds where right. you never say whether or not it's real Mm -hmm. you just have a dude talking like he's killed a bunch of people maybe it sounds like this murder that's currently going on maybe a couple of key details are changed so you could be like is it fiction is it real mm -hmm. do the cops have it wrong do we have it wrong Blah. and it probably would have gone off better i'd listen to that podcast yeah and it's interesting because his disposition i don't know how, i oh to me, he doesn't come across as a person. Like, I don't think a serial killer is going to be the person who's like, yes, let's do a podcast about my profession. I think about a serial my murders. Mm -hmm. I think a serial killer is going to be like, 
like because with all the serial killers you don't know that they're serial killers until somebody finally puts it together in a way that is like um like uh oh my god i can't believe we never saw because they're always charming they're always nice they're always kind they're always people when you interview people who knew them it's always like i can't believe that person was so sick in the head because this is what they did kind of stuff and here's this guy who's like they present him as charming but i don't think he would i I don't know. Maybe I'm delusional, but I don't think that a serial killer would have been like, oh, my God, you figured me out. Yes, let's do a podcast together. So I think you're wrong. And here's why. And okay. it's because you're on the periphery. Yes, like you, you're aware that the Zodiac killer exists, but you uh -huh. do not know what the Zodiac killer like did. So back no, in I the know day, what he did, but you can tell everybody. <laughs> but like back in the day, serial killers would like literally write into the newspapers and they'd be like on the eve of the 14th of the seventh month on the new moon. I'm going to murder maybe four, maybe three. And then you just get like cryptic little clues mm -hmm. because the thing about the thing that we have been led to believe and to be taught about serial killers is they're not these people who are committing a crime and then going into hiding they very much they are the person sight. yeah well and they are very much the person who like buys you the perfect christmas gift and then tells you the very next day because they want people oh. to know their accomplishment interesting so one-off murderers mm, running for the hills like bleaching their whole house panicking serial killers are like oh if only people knew how smart i was mm, okay okay yeah okay it's a it's an ego thing hmm. which this guy's got a lot of it mm -hmm. big time now i'm not a scientist or a psychotherapist or any of it but every true crime podcast every fictionalized version of the Dahmers, the Bundys, the Zodiacs, all of it. These are guys who like would just love you to ask you to your face, like, are you the Zodiac killer? And then like tell you how after years and years and years you were able to pull it off. I think it was Annie. Let's just quote Annie on the episode. I think it was Annie who told me one time, she's like, I have to watch true crime. So I'm prepared to be a woman in this world. Oh my God, that is so, that is, okay. No, okay, so I'm learning so much about myself in this conversation and realizing a lot about my upbringing. Yes, I mentioned earlier that my dad was in law enforcement, so we lived live time for all of those crimes that happened. But also he would like do things and say things that I'm learning aren't typical of parents with children mm -hmm. because he was raising brown children in a white America mm -hmm. slash he worked in law enforcement so there's a lot of things that I do with the way that I live that people are always like, that's strange. And I'm like, is it like you don't do that? Like, do you have a death wish? Yeah. So for us, it's like for us as in the true crime people. Yeah. It's one of those things because they make the jokes about it. Like women be like, oh, I hate spiders, but are like literally like falling asleep and like, and then he carved out her thigh and served it to his grandmother for Easter. Like, mm -hmm. and that's what we're falling gently asleep to. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's almost like math where it's like, if you take 
the negative of serial killers existing and you pair it with wanting to be informed as a woman who has to live in this country, they cancel out your anxiety. <laughs> I, okay, that I understand. Because, because you're informed. Yes, because so related ish i had a friend reach out to me who was like hey i'm a little concerned with this whole gun crisis in the country and i don't think it's going to get any better and i'm trying to get together a class of women to learn gun safety and how to protect themselves not necessarily owning the gun but just knowing how to use it and i said to her i was like i'm good my dad taught me we i know i mean like i can figure it out on most yeah. weapons like there are some weapons like AR-15s, I don't know how to fucking fuck. I don't fuck with that shit. I don't know how. But, you know, if there's a handgun there, I, I know what I'm doing. She did not know that about me, and nor does anybody in the audience until this moment. And but it, but she was like, okay, cool. Um, if you change your mind, let me know. And I was like, I'm probably gonna change my mind because that is like riding a bicycle. Once you understand how to do it, you don't really need to like. I mean, yes, you do need to have a refresher. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But for me, because I it was the environment in which I was raised, it's one of those things where I'm like, no, I know what I need to do. Like that's a thing I run through my head regularly if something happens. See, and I was raised by nervous white people who are very aware that dangerous things could happen, but they have no fucking idea how to not make the dangerous thing happen. Mm. Ava and Nick in this show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And Ava thinks she's such an expert because she listens to the show. And, yeah. and to some degree she is, but the guy's still outsmarting her. Well, as you know, I've started diagnosing people at maybe diagnosing <laughs> is the wrong term, but accusing people of being future serial killers that mm -hmm. I personally know. I'm like future serial killer. Yeah. Dateline outfit picked and ready. Oh, keep spending time with them. That's fine. I'll because I have multiple outfits then. Because right. I have all of these like red flags mm -hmm. in my head where i'm like are you charming or are you going to wear my flesh because that's the thing that we have <laughs> i do know that i do know that from true crime because i used to watch 2020 mm -hmm. they are always charming yeah always charming but now i also think that because we've skewed how we view quote unquote charming thanks to big bane mm -hmm. that now these like nervy types these like nervy like the silent seethers as i've called them these just like really silent angry guys i'm like we also have to look out for these look yeah yeah, I actually had, I know you haven't watched Ted Lasso, but I had a conversation with somebody about Nate from Ted Lasso because I was like, that's scarier to me because he's quiet, he's soft-spoken, he presents as timid, but presented the chance to be cruel, he is cruel. There it is. So if, if he's like real nerdy and he loves doing taxes and he tells your friends that you're so pretty, but then the moment that like you get a raise or something, his gut reaction is to go your job doesn't even mean anything mm -hmm. what are they putting money towards he will also kill you mm -hmm. because he's mad that you exist right. because in his head you took something from him right right and like that's how i think now is it because of true crime is it the pandemic is it my own podcast who's to say mm -hmm. <laughs> who's mm -hmm. to say but i'm honestly i'm like oh i was like i'm not even mad that that's not that's how you will like 
that's how he talks to you and you don't like combat it. Mm -hmm. I'm mad that that's how he talks to you and you don't realize that that's like literally reasons why women end up on snap yeah you don't know that it's a red flag it's a dateline episode or like enjoy your netflix documentary i know which exes have the capability like have the like soul darkness Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. kill me and i'm Mm -hmm. gonna laugh my ass off when they show up and be like really you and then they're gonna be mad but they're gonna be emasculated and they're gonna run away I'm going to fight them off. And that's how I'm getting my Netflix documentary and my book deal is when these morons try to break into my house. I'm going to be like, I always knew it was you. And then they're going to be mad because they didn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've been telling everyone it's going to be you, in fact. So let me get your DNA. And then they're going to cry and run. That's my plan. Okay. Alive on air. Got it. yeah, like I said on Chris DeRosa's podcast, Fixing Famous People, I'm not saying that I'm rational. I'm just saying that this is how I feel. <laughs> I never cl- I never claimed to be rational. I just said that this was my plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I know we've already talked about the way it ended, but I have to share with everybody what the New York Times thinks of the season finale because I hate it. Yeah, Quote, it's a bad finale. Uh-huh. <laughs> Quote from the New York Times. Here we go. Quote, at least by the end of episode eight, based on a true story, emerges as having a unique voice within the phenomenon of true crime, especially in the era of Hulu's true crime comedy, only murderers in the building. But one of the show's smartest features is how it leaves audiences at the end of season one. Like a good flawed podcast, there's a bunch you might wish you could skip over, but it still gives you curious and impatient for, or it still leaves you curious and impatient for the next episode. Given how Based on a True Story suddenly ends, its second season can only make its true crime dilemma deliciously worse. End quote. Honestly, I don't think the true crime aspect of it is delicious in the way that true crime is supposed to be delicious at all. Right. And my issue, again, with how abruptly they ended it, they really could have done a solid season one, maybe in 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's a limited series. We don't need any more. Yeah. But But if it's real hot, we'll throw you a season two like we did the flight attendant. Correct. But now you've literally cut it off at what feels like not a series finale, but rather a very big cliffhanger because we still have zero resolution from like the bulk of the episodes with few exceptions that if you don't get a season two, then this TV show is fucking whack. Yeah. I also think we have to touch on the fact, especially at CrimeCon, where, you know how I have a parasocial relationship with the entire cast of Critical Role? Yes, and I love listening about it. It makes me Thank happy. Thank you. Yeah. We had a really great episode uh, today. It was so fantastic. Because sometimes so you're I, like, Natalie hasn't texted me about Critical Role. Should I check in on her? <laughs> sometimes it's filler. Sometimes it's just Matt telling us lore, and that's okay. That's his job. His job is supposed to tell me the history of this family, and it's not his fault. I don't care, and I won't retain it. (laughs) So, anyways, 
I think what CrimeCon also like highlighted is the delusion that some of the true crime population has allowed themselves to live on where it's like we're helping. Mm, so interesting. a lot of these podcasts do get clout because they're like po- pointing out holes in the system, blah, 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 blah. But now there's so much of it that it's like, okay, yeah, where's your your GoFundMe? Where's mm-hmm. the fundraiser? Where mm-hmm. like, where's our actionable item? Right. So now people like get into this crime con and they're like, oh, and they are like wearing their justice for Susie t-shirts or whatever. And they feel like they're helping Mm. even though they've never stood in a line arm in arm with their neighbors walking through a forest. They're like, I'm in it though. I'm like, I'm your like friend in arms. I'm right here with you. Yeah. That's interesting because that's not that's all that's really not unlike people who claim to be doing anti-racism work but all they're doing is writing hashtag say her name right or blacking out their instagram photo yeah when it's like well what are you doing to do real justice work are you having conversations with people are you donating money to the people who are doing work like Awareness. Cool. You bought merch. Yay. So what ends up happening is with awareness, once everyone gets on board with being part of the awareness, mm-hmm. we just decide we're done. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm aware. <laughs> Which is why on my podcast, I've been telling you guys to like break up with people, mm-hmm. yell at guys at bars. Like there, I'm giving you homework. I'm like, should you? fight the patriarchy you get to tell me and then i will send you a friendship bracelet because you are actually a friend in the fight like yeah because you and i have this conversation regularly it's very frustrating when when because you and i have done the work we are continuing to do the work in ourselves as well as through our shows but also the work that we're doing within ourselves to be better and then when you spend time with people who literally are like well i'm just gonna rail against this system patriarchy but then in, I turn around and do things that uphold that system. It's really fucking hard to be in space with them. Right. Well, if you closed your eyes and imagined who is the target demographic for actual crime con. Yeah. Who's the audience? I immediately assume basic white bitches. And what is their... Um, socioeconomic level i think that they have more money than me yeah (laughs) i'm not a scientist or a mathematician and i came with no data and no statistics but i would bet that you are correct Mm -hmm. so it's these literally everybody that i know that listens to crime podcast white women yeah i do not know and if i'm wrong and i got some brown and black friends out there listening who do listen to true crime fucking tell me because that's a data point i do think it's like white women's way of being like we have something too and by the we have something too i mean like look at our trauma too Mm. (laughs) because again one of like as a fellow white person like i see a lot of white people being like well we have struggles Mm. and i'm like yeah I know you probably also caused your own struggle. Like you caused all of the struggle for the like (laughs) communities we colonize. 
self-sabotaging but it's not Ah, self-sabotaging because you're literally inflicting it on yourself on purpose yeah like you can't tell me that you also have troubles if you are a lululemon seller like you are playing into capitalism like i can't i can't hear it yeah truly truly maybe i was a good choice because I actually dabbled in the true crime realm yeah, for a and while. Yeah, I feel like I remembered that from when we first started having oh. conversation in early, early on in our friendship. And let's not pretend that I'm like a convert and I'm like, that's right. It's exploitive. I'm done. Oh, no. If there's <laughs> going to be a hella good documentary on about the Zodiac killer, when they, when they released who the zodiac killer was and it was just like any old crusty white dude Mm -hmm. who looked like your great uncle and we knew that that's how it was gonna be Mm -hmm. but like the lore and the mythos around the zodiac killer for him to look like a white california raisin (laughs) i was upset well that's the basic structure of a colonizer too yeah And it was the same with the East Area Rapist, literally just an old man in the woods who was like, yeah, he did it. Like, but they're evil. And you're like, is that the same guy as the Golden State Killer? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I couldn't actually remember what his current, that is his most current name. Okay. Okay. His moniker. I I, I will admit I did watch the news coverage of his trial. Yeah. Because he's evil. Yeah. Like. He is an evil man. I will watch the documentaries being like, look at this evil man. Train your brain to spot out other evil men like this. And and what was the most creepy about watching the video footage from the courthouse is how he just sat there. I don't want to say it was smug, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely like, yes, I can't believe you guys finally figured it out. (laughs) Look at you guys got me out of the woods. Because that's what it is, right? They're like, now I get to tell people how I got away with it for so long, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is the premise of Mindhunter. They sent those men in with their tape recorders and they were like, talk to Dahmer. It'll be great. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, But also the fucked up part is, is that when I was in college, I was a huge fan of Criminal Minds, which is about mm, the I like remember that show. Mm-hmm. the task force that mm-hmm. actually goes into the psychology of the killer's mind. Yeah. And I, I would watch it way late into the night. And then at some point, my brain would be like, well, of course, we're all killers. Look at how people treat us and our parents aren't great. And like the economy and all of it. I was like, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off you're siding you stopped siding with dark with greg from dharma and greg you have to turn it off <laughs> the time is over yeah so there's uh, there's also radical empathy in the true crime community is what i'm trying yeah, to say because yeah. i'm like Gosh. that guy's mom was really mean to it yeah. now now when people complain to me about their partners or literally anything I go, I bet you their dad hates them. Like, you should really look into that. And if their dad hates them, you need to dump them. It's not getting better. They're not going to do the therapy for They're it. Not. They're not. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to, we're coming to a close. And I'm going to end with this quote of the quote that the podcast they start opens with. The great American art form isn't music or film or television. So fucking rude. The great American art form is murder.
watch it. We watch it. We celebrate it. We obsess over it. That is literally how the podcast opens. Well, and honestly, can you name one European killer who isn't Jack the Ripper? Or Adolf Hitler? Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't know war criminals were on the table. Uh, okay. I, mean, I don't know. To you me, really fucking showed me because I'm like, Jack the Ripper, man, he killed sex workers. That was a bummer. And you're like, hit the Holocaust so nadly. <laughs> but cause, like, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a war criminal until we declared war. Right. Which, well, like, those are the only convenient. two. Yeah. Oh, does Stalin count? Well, yeah. Yeah, Jules, once you bring in the world wars, the Mussolini, the people who killed the Romanovs, so the Bolkoviches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All sorry. of them, yes, all of them count. But okay, have you removed that? And also, it's only Jack the Ripper. Right, because no one's doing a podcast episode on murder I wrote about Hitler or Mussolini. It's different. I don't know why it's different. But it is, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, do you mean the Holocaust, Nanley? But sure, the murders of sex workers was a real drab in 1919's London or whenever it happened. But like, literally, that's all. Unless yeah. you count King Henry VIII, who tried to murder all of all his, of his wives. wives. Yeah. <laughs> and was successful with five out of six. Yeah. I love, I love, I love science before we, I love when people, I love people making decisions before we understand that it's not the woman it's you <laughs> i mean honestly like yeah but no i was definitely being like the the only one that gets glorified is jack the ripper yeah maybe organize like real old-timey peaky blinders organized crime yeah but, but then if you're gonna talk about organized crime that's a whole different conversation yeah because it's different yeah but the way but the way that we like literally pant at the mouth to be like what's going on with the serial killer there's been like three women murdered in mishawaka <laughs> you know what we recently in our area had a serial killer and he was targeting hispanic or uh, language okay language from the news outlet this is not how i would have phrased it if i was in charge of wording okay but the news reported he was targeting hispanic males and he started in the east bay and made his way to stockton stockton's like 30 miles north of me mm -hmm. and then the stockton pd ended up catching him and there was a survivor it was a hispanic female as as described by the news and wow. i thought that was interesting that the female escaped and survived don't make me say while you're talking about male victims that women are smarter like don't you already set me up with the Hitler thing. <laughs> you already set me up with the Hitler thing where I was like, Jack the Ripper, you're like, the Holocaust? Oh, okay. The Romanoff assassinations? Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck me. Um. <laughs> no, but it was recent. This is the most recent, but I don't, I don't think it got national attention. Well, as you know, I am from the state of Indiana, and you know the opening, the first episode of uh unbreakable kimmy schmidt where she escapes the bunker yeah is that your hometown <laughs> yeah i will not my hometown but i believe that was an indiana like <gasps> killer <laughs> and i'm pretty sure 
I could be wrong, but I think the hide your no, not the hide your kids, hide your wife. I think the where the news story was like, if a white woman's running up to me, <laughs> it's gotta be bad. Yes, I think that that's was, Ohio. <laughs> that was that. Yeah, yeah. That was so funny. I think that's Ohio. I could be wrong. I don't really look into Ohio murders. We don't currently have a murder that. <laughs> A serial killer at large that I'm aware of. And as you know, I stopped watching the news right after I left the county because all the COVID shit like burned me out. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I even got like watched TV that day. Uh Oh, you know what it was? I saw it on Instagram because somebody who used to live in the area who moved away posted about it. And I was like, the fuck? We have a serial killer in Stockton? Like, that's on the bar. (laughs) Like... Yeah. I mean, we all should be really aware of whether or not there are active serial killers (laughs) in our neighborhoods. I mean, Brock Turner is back in my hometown, so I could run into him at an ice cream parlor at any moment. And he's served zero consequences. On a fun note. Do you think that this show will come back for a season two? I'd fucking hope so. Okay. So as you know, I'm diving into Selling Sunset. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And what Such and what I've show. noticed about Selling Sunset is I can't fucking understand the format. Because <laughs> they ended season one, but they had a trailer ready for season, for season two. two. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did you do that? So I feel like, is that this scenario where they actually have more episodes and they're just going to do a free form situation where in three months we get more episodes? Because that's the thing, because they're going to have to put a fake belly on Kaylee Cuoco. She had the baby. Yeah, she had that baby. Or maybe they already have episodes in the can. Maybe my mom's right. And I owe her an apology where she was like, well, maybe the writer's strike hit up on it. I was like, mom, TV shows take so long to produce. Like, I fucking know. (laughs) I was like, mother, mother, mother. Excuse me. I'm in the industry, mother. I don't know why you're talking like, you know, things. (laughs) But maybe the writer's strike ran out of episodes we don't know we weren't yeah, there we were i'll there. dm kaylee and be like kaylee what's the fuck's going on with this finale yeah girl like what could someone I... call in chris messina could we mm. get chris on the line he's so hot i thought she was cute and so many reviewers were like what the fuck is kaylee doing and i was like what do you mean what the fuck is kaylee doing i thought she was adorable in this i thought she did a good job why are people always bad at kaylee i don't know why are they oh because people love to hate women but especially like pregnant women who are still living their lives i loved that they wrote that into the show i thought it yeah. was so smart instead of just being like hold this potted plant the entire time yeah because film. you know what it does it really does add an another layer element to the show because we know there's a serial killer out there. We presume they're working with the serial killer because that's what the TV show is telling us right away. Mm-hmm. It adds this layer of, is he sick enough to murder a pregnant woman? Well, it also normalizes pregnancy on television. Correct. Correct. So now women who are with child who are going out for roles can just say, just make my character pregnant 
pregnancy is literally something we look at every day and they didn't demean her in it either because like the parts that were funny about it were real like when he's like let's run up the stairs real quick the cops are here they're coming for me and she's like i real up the stairs have you seen how pregnant i am and right i'm not yeah, running yeah <laughs> i'm not running up the stairs yeah oh why does this sports club have an elevator this is fucking rude <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's eighty thousand dollars a year to live to be a member so. it doesn't have one elevator not a single one also, why are you running from the cops? Just stand there and be like, look, here's me and my pregnant wife. Would you like to ask me even more questions about that bartender that was slaughtered? The first time they showed up and he was like, oh, I don't know who you're talking about in that picture. And they're like, you don't? And then show him the security footage. I was like, how stupid are you? You could have just been like, oh, I didn't realize that was the same girl because yeah. internet. Because if you look online, people curate themselves beautifully or they curate themselves to look like a mess, right? Right. And also, so, so it's like you are you are such an, an innocent because you don't even know how to navigate this. Like well, you, it, you clearly don't have siblings who you tried to get in trouble all the time. Well, and honestly, it's not a crime to have met a bartender and Correct. be like, yeah. I've been telling all of my friends that it's fucking crazy. I talked to her right before she was slaughtered. Isn't that nuts? Because and then like, that's literally how he would respond if he didn't think he knew this person who killed her. Right, exactly. But listen, as we know, I have talked a many on my show, your show, and our show still comfy that people have to start being smarter about murder. <laughs> they have to start calming the fuck down when they can, have to talk to these people because you can still have the movement in the show that you are seeking without them acting a fool mm -hmm. but they're trying to make it funny i didn't find the show very funny did you find it very funny i found parts of it funny yeah but i think laugh out loud every episode no I don't even think I laughed out loud hardly ever. I think, again, I think, like I told you, they're trying to be satire. Yeah. And, and they didn't take enough risk mm -hmm. to be satire. I am really worried that satire is dead. I don't think it's dead. I just What's think a modern that people, satire I, that he, we've okay, had? Let me finish my thought. I, I was going to say. Is I it Hitler with the Holocaust? <laughs> <laughs> is it the producers with springtime in Hil with hitler <laughs> Dead. you're gonna have to cut some of this because it's fucking offensive to someone out there <laughs> we're gonna this will be like hey if you want the extra bit go to patreon um no it is what was i trying to what was i supposed to give you an example of satire oh, my, my thought i think that people are scared to be satirical because everyone is crying that everything is offensive mm -hmm. without actually like truly calling out and criticizing the true offensive stuff they're just like that's offensive and it's like i need you to dig deeper right tell me why it's offensive and then they can't and it's like do you not have the language to understand why it's offensive or are you just on a surface level with being offended these days <clears throat> you're being really nice about my point and my point is that people aren't smart enough for satire anymore like people don't read 
people just want to see Marvel movies. Like we have gotten to the point yeah. where like we do you I mean, you do remember the movies we grew up with because we're rewatching them and we're like, this yeah. is better than anything I've fucking seen all year. <laughs> the best thing and Mario's coming on to talk about it, the blackening. Yeah. That was that movie is so fucking funny and that's all i'm gonna say about it because everyone's gonna have to tune into that episode yeah i can't wait for the barbie movie girl i got three people i gotta confirm if they still want to go before i can get my tickets because i'm like i just need you to confirm because i'm buying tickets (laughs) i'm buying tickets i will be going on the premiere i will be dressed as barbie i will be making my own barbie accessories Mm -hmm. and but yeah, like, I truly think that as a society, we have, and I call it the Disney syndrome, we have desensitized, we have sanitized everything mm-hmm. to the point where we've killed our brain's capability to go, oh, I see what they're doing there. Well, it's like I told you my theory with Bridget Jones, the book, mm-hmm. it's all satire about her weight. She's literally making satirical commentary on women's obsession and society's obsession with women being fit and thin. Yeah. And then it the translation did not make it to the movie. No, it's just Renee Zellweger hating herself. Correct. Correct. And being told that that's endearing. Correct. Correct. So I cannot Morons. wait to cover it on Jelly Pop's book club because I will get into it. A bunch of men sat in a room and went, what if she hates herself for being fat? <laughs> and that's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke. Okay, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, hey, everyone. Um, my name is Natalie Katona. I'm the host of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before. It's your weekly look at everyday misogyny. Recently, due to the times, we have covered the Taylor Swift the scandal. We will be covering the writer's strike. Um, I'm trying to think of other current events that have just been rift with misogyny and nonsense. I was like, I have to do an episode and I need it scheduled now. So if you're a reality TV junkie, a Swifty, or a person who wants capitalism to end, we're the show with for you. <laughs> Love that. Love that. And you can find uh, me on a few of her episodes because Natalie and I like to episode swap. You can also tune in every fucking Tuesday to Instagram as we talk about TV because you really shouldn't be missing that because it really is a lot of fun. (laughs) It's it's just it's funny. And if you log in and you're like, I've never watched one tree hill but i have some saved by the bell notes we'll talk to you about we'll talk saved- to you about it that's the beauty of live entertainment i'll talk to you about zach morris a hundred percent a hundred percent a hundred percent we are delightful y'all are missing out well you're not missing out today because you heard this combo <laughs> i told you 2020 2020- Three is feral. I just love it when you end up when I'm just like, you know, catch us, watch us on the YouTube. We talk about movies and you're like, you're dumb for not doing it already. And I'm like, why are you bullying your own fan base? I'm feral. I personally know some of your fan base and now I'm going to have to text them and be like, I'm so sorry that that's how Jules acted. <laughs> 
on her own show. (laughs) Today I am feral because I got an unexpected insurance bill that is taking more money than I'd like. And I have one part-time job. (laughs) So this will be my reminder that capitalism kills. We talked a lot about murder and how serial killers kill, but it's truly capitalism. Mm -hmm. And we both have our Venmos, Cash App, PayPals, and our Patreons in both of our link trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Support a hoe. Support Jules having car insurance. My cat needs Prozac. Do you like cats? <laughs> <laughs> so I've just decided this is our Patreon. <laughs> JK. You like cats? She needs Prozac. <laughs> All of season one of Based on a True Story is available on Peacock now. But before we close out, I want to share a few things with you. If you or someone you know has watched Based on a True Story and loved our discussion, share it with them. Sharing a show is a really low stakes way to support the show. Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help let Apple know the show is worth listening to. Um, and I have a few announcements. Our happy hour is back, and if you want in on our chats about pop culture's greatest hits, you can join us by joining us on Patreon. For just $5 a month, you can join our studio audience, which gets you access to the backlog of our bonus content and the live happy hour. Okay, now for book club. This month's book club pick is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmis. You can read along with us all month long, but if you want to join the live chat, We are meeting July 16th. If you join Patreon at the Best Friends Club membership, you get access to Live Happy Hour and our live monthly book club. Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written and edited by me, your host, and we are taking a small summer break to gear up for season five, as well as launching our sister podcast, The Jelly Pops Book Club, where you can find wherever you find your podcasts. In season five, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of Disney movies that shaped our young minds. We have some returning friends and we have some new friends coming to the show. And I'm so excited about this season and cannot wait for you to tune in. If you're new around here, use this break to catch up on our back episodes or join us on Patreon. You'll still get fresh new content over there every month. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram at Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. Or if you want a KIT over the summer, you can find me at the Julia Washington. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Until next time.